0: Hi guys, it's um, another edition of the Incredible Hulk podcast. Um, it's nice to be back. Um, this, this show we're looking at um, the episode called Broken Image, which was season three, episode 12, written by um, Karen Harris and Jill Sherman, who went on to do um, many stories over the Hulk's run and also became executive producers on the show. It was directed by John McPherson, and starred, of course, Bill Bixby as David Banner and Liv Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. Um, I'm joined um, for this um, episode by Alex. How are you, Alex?
1: Um, Good, glad to be
0: here. Yeah, uh, so it's good to have you here. So um, Broken Image, um, at the time, was quite unusual because it had, they later played with it a bit more later on in the seasons, but it was the first time, I think, that where they had the lead actor play two different roles. Um, Ie Bill Bixby played Banner, and also he played um, a character called Mike Cassidy in it, right. kind of like a, a doggedy character, to say the least. Um, we are actually open with um, pretty much with with uh, Cassidy's character, and his kind of like um, treatment of a woman that's in that's in love with him. And he kind of spurns her, you know. He's really got no time for her at all. So he sort of shows, because like, trying to show the contrast between the two characters as to how this guy is not nice, and Banner, of course, is very good. Um, what did you? How did you feel about the sort of openings uh, um, of it, uh, Alex and uh, how how Bill was, you know, differed? You know. Um,
1: well, I mean, obviously, I did see the shows when they first came out. Um, it was a little bit different time and a little bit different with the editing and all that. Uh, you could tell that they were trying to do <laughs> a gangster story with a, you know, monster twist, and that's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I always liked the show and I liked the way that they did it sort of pseudo serious, you know, sort of like a docudrama, except for a few episodes, like when you had the evil monster hulk who somehow had gotten the you know some sort of serum or some sort of you know anti vaccine from uh you know david bruce banner or bruce david banner however you want to say it um but that was definitely like a horror movie Uh and uh, they had a horror movie motif going all the way through so it's a little bit interesting that they decided to use a gangster motif um, and it's very funny, uh, and it was very good. And that's one of the reasons why my stepfather actually liked the show better than the A Team, because oh, really? he thought the Incredible Hulk was a little bit more realistic, given yes. the medium. You know, I mean, it wasn't t- entirely realistic, but um, you know, was mostly played somewhat realistic. Yeah, I think for the most part it was
0: played quite straight. You know. Yeah. Um, and certainly when Bill was, you know, any time Bill Bill Bixby was on the screen, he played it very straight. Yeah. You know, and he brought something to it, even in the most unusual scenes or yeah. farcical scenes, perhaps, Bill
1: kind of kept the energy up, you know? And, well, uh, of course, I, you know, I know that it's not exactly the same thing as what we're talking about here, but I do remember an episode where Mr. Fred Rogers, uh, Mr. Mr. Humble, Mr. Quiet, Mr. Mild Mannered uh, went to visit the Incredible Hulk set. Yes. And he made yeah. sure to say to both Lou Ferrigno and especially Bill Bixby, you know, you don't really turn green and burst <laughs> at well Stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah, I remember that, um, seeing that. Yes, you know, that. That was really fun Yeah. yeah. To see because,
1: it. you know, just like the Doctor Who theme, you know, when you're a kid and you see it, it's a little bit scary at first. It's a little oh, bit yeah. dark. And, uh, you know, to see that transformation, even though they reused it and, and they changed it depending on the you know the episode and all that. Uh, I'm still scared of that episode I just mentioned with the evil Hulk. Um, yeah, that freaked me out. That yeah. still freaks me out. There's yeah. just something not right about that at all. <laughs> right, yeah, it's very, it's incredibly horror movie-like. Um, but getting back to this episode, I mean, it was kind of funny how they did sort of, you know, do nods to the '70s style, the horror movies, the dating movies, the discos. The, you know, they had another story where a girl unfortunately was getting, you know, either alcohol poisoning or getting high, yeah. in the disco. And then they had another episode where Mackenzie Phillips was playing a, you know, a pop star, and he, you know, David was given a LSD drug. You know. That's right. Yeah. Well, so they really they
0: tapped into so still, many so many different
1: themes, haven't they, in this series. Yeah. You know, people are kind of of victims like Banner, you know, in a way, they've got their own demons to deal with. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, obviously, you know, that's why they have the lonely man theme, because he's always alone, you know, even if somebody really likes him. uh, You know, he's always alone, and I mean, how can you, you know, he did have a few, even, you know, sad to say there was even one episode that seemed very Kung Fu-like, you know, like Kung Fu from, you know, David Carradine and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, the the Asian guy said, well, we're gonna teach you how to meditate to control your anger. It's like, well, that's an awful nice thought, but uh, (laughs) I don't think you're gonna be able to defeat the radiation with your mind. Uh, (laughs) Nice try, but, uh, uh, So, of course, it you know, it only worked for a little while, and then he went back to, you know, yeah, he
0: tried everything. You've got to give him that. He really wanted to get rid of this, 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 yeah. creature, you know, but...
1: But, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, it was very funny, uh, sort of a, you know, probably a little bit of a nod to, you know, gangster movies, not the recent ones, but the ones from the seventies. And, yes. And, uh, probably a little bit of the soap opera like, oh, you know, you're not who I think you are and, or they're mistaken. You know, at one point he says, "Lady, you know, you don't know who I am." And you know, she goes, You're <laughs> "Right, I don't know you, you know, and all that." And of course, it was very funny toward the end when, uh, you know, they buried him. And of course, with a normal person, that would have been the end. But with the Hulk, That's a different story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just comes. You know, he just bursts out of that hole with the cement and the plastic. <laughs> you know, what? Why you bother me? You know, just kind of. <laughs> And I love how the the gangsters are like, "What is that?" They said, "You know, that's my stepfather." Love that, you know. He loved the the reaction. Sometimes, you know, people going, "What the?" (laughs) Of course, they couldn't say that back then. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: But I like, I like, I like the scene where, um, of course, you know, after the, uh, 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 you know, where where, um, uh, we've got Bill um, in the in the in the apartment and uh, and uh, mcgee knocks on the door and he opens it and they come face to face for the first time since since the pilot you know and, he th- and and there's like this like just this sort of pause you're looking at one another and yeah. and uh, uh, of course mcgee says banner banner it's you isn't it yeah. and then he has to think on his feet and, and make out these mike cassidy and get throw the guy out you know right. but it's just that lovely moment where they actually meet because that's quite rare you know face-to-face face and you think, oh my God, how's he gonna get around this? And It was quite tense for a moment, you
1: know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, in, uh, you know, that was the other uh, thing that made it interesting to watch, is that sort of, even though it's not exactly the same, the same thing like Wonder Woman is that you're trying to play it straight, you're trying to play it like it's actually happening. You know, so the, both of them sort of have to, you know, have seconds to deal with people that are either too mean, or too flirtatious, or too curious, or whatever. yeah, You know, and you'd you'd think that they'd run out of scenarios pretty quickly, or they'd run out of answers pretty quickly, but no, they don't. You know, they they actually are able to, you know, stretch it out from, you know, two to five years. Uh, And like I said, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll even watch it when it's on, you know, TV, or on Hulu, or whatever. It's still being played two channels in American TV uh, but I mean I I always liked it because it, it felt realistic it did not feel like a cartoony show even though I like the 60s Batman it didn't feel like a cartoony show and they had a lot of famous stars on it. and the same thing just like with the bionic woman you know they tried to play it straight and then even then they tried to put in you know humor and then you had the guys from uh, MST3K riff tracks, you know, making fun of another episode with the evil guy from Karate Kid, you know the, oh yeah, the old master, and mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, and they had I I even saw an episode the other day where they had uh, Pat Morita actually as the cook. That's so right. Pat yeah. Morita, as you know, later played Mr. Miyagi for, you know, seven to ten years, was actually in, you know, an incredible Hulk Hulk episode as the cook. They had yeah. a lot of famous
0: stars yeah. back at, at, guest stars. Yeah. Yeah, they had um, uh, even like Jeremy Brett, who went on to be um, right. very famous as Sherlock Holmes over here in England. Right. British yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. nice that they, you know, they brought in the lots of um, famous people or, went, or, or very young actors at the time who went on to do big things sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, there was a few times, like, I'll bump into a lot of medical people that'll say, you know, the only thing they didn't like about the TV version of the Hulk was the grand mal seizures, you know, sort of the, the scenes and the stories where he's, you know, yelling and screaming and shaking and things like that. But I said, well, yeah, they probably did it too much. Um, but then again, if they didn't do it at all, that would have been somewhat unrealistic as well. True. But uh, like I said, they, they always had a funny sort of a funny in-joke of people reacting to the Hulk or you know, they think that you know, Bruce is you know dead and gone and then all of a sudden they see this big green thing coming out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, You know, it's always that uh, you know that ironic um, post-horror, post-sci-fi sort of tribute and it's kind of funny that they they ended up being sort of imitated in the 80s, you know. Yeah, yeah. 80s, uh, you know yeah. And I didn't, you know, I saw some of the TV movies where they had, you know, the Thor, which was a cute idea. The guy was actually a good actor and the Daredevil. Didn't like the third movie as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, considering how TV could have been and the budget and all that, it did suffer from the budget but uh, it was very, uh, it was usually very thoughtful and creative, and you know, just like anything else that's actually you know sort of artsy, they should have some realistic, some horror, some humor, yeah, um, you know, thrown in there. So the kids are fascinated by it, but the adults are kind of going, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. <laughs> I, I get the joke, baby. You know, I, I know, I know what they mean to say. You know, they they can't say it, but. But I, I think they did, you know, they did, the did
0: strike show. that balance, though, Alex, I think, where they yeah. did have all those elements in there in most episodes. Yeah. So it kind of catered for all the age groups, as you said.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that was, the, you know, like I said, uh, it's always good. There's always a reason if a show is classic. Um, yeah, absolutely. And most of that is in syndication, and it's because it was either done well or it appeals to a loyal audience, or it was one of the first to do it. And like I said, considering the 70s and how corny it was and the terrible fashions and the overdone disco music and the, you know, the other substances that we use that we can't talk about here, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman uh, would have been, could have been much, much worse. and. Uh, it, yeah. Some episodes were bad in both series, but considering, you know, how bad it could have been, or how rushed, rushed it could have been, um, you know, they, they've stood the test of time and they've been syndicated for years, so they couldn't have done that bad a job, no. budget or not, you know, they did a pretty good job.
0: I think it's all in the writing, Alex, you know, that's what the, the stories stand up, they'll, they'll, well, look, they'll transcend, well, you know.
1: Well, yeah, well, no, but I mean it's like a piece of music. It's not totally subjective It is a there's a combination of all the parts and all the elements working together You know yeah. you believe that this guy you start to believe that this guy actually did go through a traumatic experience You do believe that You know that he's fighting with himself literally and otherwise Absolutely, so, you know, it yeah. could have been much much worse um, so yeah, if um, you know, you, you. I mean, the music could have been, the music in the 70s usually was ghastly and very, you know, fart sounding and ten tons of sad trombone, you know, effects and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, considering that they get, you know, Ted Cassidy to do the narration and it almost sounds like a, you know, documentary. And yes, then the yeah. yeah. scene from the pilot, you know, Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry, you know. And it's just—I yeah. <laughs> love it. How my stepfather all, almost always laughed when he saw that. He said that it was so well done, you know. And that's
0: been that's been quoted so many times now, hasn't it? That yeah. that line, you know. That's yeah. Just, that's
1: well, no, good. but it, uh, you know. But the thing is, it's the way he did it. He did it right. You yeah. know, you show it to people and they go, oh, you know. The, <laughs> and you believe
0: him. You believe him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just uh, so. Yeah. So you know, it is. It's an element of the writing, the acting. The pace, the music—it's it, just like a movie in a way. You know, yeah. the elements have to, you know, blend together. Because if they don't, it's not going to stay on TV for a long.
0: The whole thing will fall apart. That's right. Yeah. and just seem to—they seem to get it. They, they, you know, the strike rate pretty much was good.
1: You know. Yeah, no, it was—it was very. Yeah, it was very consistent. Because the other thing too is I can actually use my stepfather as a guide, and if he really doesn't like something, or if he really thinks it's completely stupid he'll let you know soon and then let you know why <laughs> he's he hasn't been wrong on the whole I mean he uh, you know that's part of the reason probably too why they changed the style and in the 80s it got you know all the, almost all the TV shows got a little bit more um, fantastic in terms of the characters weren't you know believable or they were very rich all of a sudden you know yeah. I think they were trying to imitate the the style now of you know in the eighties of Dynasty and all that. But oh yeah, yes. Yeah. You know. So but don't again. forget,
0: guys, um, as well. I just want to mention quickly. Don't forget at the at the end of our discussion, do stick around because we've got a guest interview um, with one of the actors who was in Broken Image, uh, Jed Mills, who played Teddy. So do mm-hmm. stick around for that. I'm Very kind. He gave me a lot of time, and I spoke to him. So mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy that interview at the end of the show.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, I understand he was in a lot of seventies uh, TV shows, Barney Miller and, and other things. But he was The L- L- Grant and things Arts. like that.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of those sort of big shows at the time, you know, that, that were around. Yeah, he did a lot of those. And most come, most actors, you know, come come from like a ma- mainly stage stage background before they break into television, don't they? So they get right. a lot of experience, you know. Yeah. From that.
1: Um, right. Well, you know, obviously. Um, you know, depending on who you ask and depending on what era. I mean, uh, you know, acting is like singing. You have to talk a certain way and walk a certain way, and and the stage and dealing with a live audience and the fact that you can't always yell cut. And back then, you didn't have ten thousand computers to blur everything in and yes. <laughs> special effects and all that. Um, you know yes there's all, there was always editing so it's not completely realistic but uh, on a stage it has, to be. It has oh, yeah, to be absolutely you can't hide on the stage you know you can't right. do another take or anything like that you know right so uh, right so obviously you know with a movie they can put in more effects and they can put in more editing yeah. um, and depending on what type of movie it is and what director it is it can be very tight or very loose in yes. terms of television you have to have because i remember too that the other thing frank that you may want to mention is the fact that the shows were very different back then mm-hmm. and there was only three or four networks maybe some independents depending on your area and they may have shown british shows and they may have shown religious shows or a combination of all three as well as you know b movies or grade z movies where it's kind of corny mm-hmm. uh and also the fact that you had a lot of commercial breaks. And also, um, you're watching it not on the beautiful computer screen, internet, digital, you know, smart TV that you have today with, you know, with if it works correctly, it's brilliant colors and it's nice and clear and, yeah. and you know, really good to look at. You're, you're talking about the 70s where some people were still using black and white TV. That's right. So, I had one of those uh, when I was watching The Hulk, yeah. Right, and you also had to deal with the local stations breaking in with news or blizzards or whatever. So, And yeah. also it could be preempted by local events, by national events. So it's not like it is now where they might put a message saying, you know, watch it again at 1230 or, or what. And that's why you had to have VCRs because sometimes you couldn't be home. Yeah, you know, and in the 70s, you know, those machines were three, you know, $2,000 to $8,000, never mind the cassettes. I know, amazing, amazing. So, I mean, they might have repeated it, but that was in America. That wasn't in, you know, England and other places. So, um, yeah, so sometimes you, even in the 90s, I was watching TV shows with Eliza Dushku, who is from Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. And uh, she also knows Lou Ferrigno and she also knows, uh, she also did the voice for She-Hulk in the cartoons. Uh-huh. And uh, she's going to a lot of conventions as well as, you know, going to school in Massachusetts cause she was born here. And uh, even with her shows in the nineties, they got preempted or if the station made a mistake and they stopped running the visual and you only had the audio or you had, you know, 10 minutes of. Black screen uh, even in the 90s never mind 1978 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? so uh, people forget that even though it's nice to watch it on the internet and it's usually unlimited depending on the state and you don't have as many annoying commercials um, True. yeah you know um, most digital companies now you know make it so that you have a very smooth usually a very smooth very pretty picture And in the 70s, you were lucky if you got TV. You were lucky if you could, you know, watch it without it fading out, or the TV gets too hot, or... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. The tube burns out and you have to buy another one, or you have to watch it with elongated faces, and, (laughs) you know, and then, like I said, it gets interrupted and it gets, you know, changed around and they go, oh, this show won't be seen tonight, and too bad, and, you know, you're out of luck.
0: But, um... I'd say um, this episode I really enjoyed I, I, for the fact really that we saw Bill stretching his acting muscles a bit more, wow. you know, playing two very different roles, which was really fascinating to watch. And I think he pulled it off really well. And when, <clears throat> when you had that brief moment where they both met, even then you could see the subtleties, you know, the differences between the two of them really, really well. I think uh, you could definitely tell this was a different guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, that. yeah, that, that was the other uh, trick, uh, as I've mentioned before, that they had, you know, two Wonder Womans on screen in one episode, two Sammy Davises, two, you know, Bill B- And even, I remember even asking my stepfather, you know, back then, can they do that? Or is that a camera trick? And they've, you know, superimposed it or they've re-edited it. Now they could just do it. They could do a thousand with a computer. That's no fun.
0: Yeah, 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 and it doesn't have like, time, uh, but that yeah, set so, would have probably yeah. taken quite a while to do at the time. Right, right. exactly. So, but I mean, yeah. So, one there, one there, you know, and, you know. Yeah. And so, line. no,
1: I mean, he, he, I saw him in a lot of um, shows, and uh, my parents have always, you know, seen him, and I even saw The Courtship of Eddie's father, where he plays, he plays a father figure, but it's not the, it's a, more relaxed show than the incredible oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hook yeah. so i mean you know you always knew um he had a very calm demeanor usually he was very mild-mannered but he was still masculine and those were the days again where not everybody had to be a bodybuilder not everybody had to be tall even though you could tell he was tall yeah uh, and like I said, you know, I remember, um, you know, they've done info, you know, they've done infomercials and, com- and commercials now with Lou Ferrigno playing the Hulk for, you know, 10 seconds for a cell phone company or something <laughs> like, that. But like I said, uh, if anybody wants to go on YouTube and see the Mr. Rogers, you know, meeting Bill Bixby and uh, Lou Ferrigno, you know, to illustrate the kids that some, you know, of course, Things that you see on TV are re edited and yeah. they're not real. <laughs> yeah, it sort of blows that out of them.
0: But anyway, yeah. anyway we're going to wrap it up now, anyway, uh, Alex. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as, as I get to say, guys, stick around for the Jed Mills interview after this. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And Alex, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. so Thank you so much and and for a bit of insight into television back then and how it is now. That's been fascinating. <laughs> uh, All right. Jed Mills, welcome to the Incredible Hulk podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, and
2: thank you for
0: asking me. Uh, Jed, now, um, I just want to focus briefly on some of your um, early um, career. I I believe you were born in, first of all, you were born in Brooklyn, New York, weren't you? (coughs)
2: Correct.
0: Yeah, and Brooklyn, back then, Jed, what was it like... um, so sort of growing up and working in that kind of that, that city back then com- um, compared to what it might be now,
1: you
2: know. Oh, it, it uh, it's, uh, it's been gentrified. It's it's a totally different place really. Uh Brooklyn, New York uh, when I was growing up and uh I I grew up in the projects in near the Brooklyn Navy Yard and <clears throat> we were rather poor. Uh and I'd always wanted to be a uh, I used to watch TV a lot. The movies was my thing and one of my favorite uh I think it watches any movie with John Mills, who was an English actor. That well. I'm sure you know who that was.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, very much one
2: so. Yeah. I, one of the reason I love John Mills so much was because my real name, my real birth name, is John Mills. <laughs> <And> <laughs> actually I actually had to change my name to Jed because I couldn't join to be an Actors Guild with the same name as John Mills. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so that always gave me that fantasy whenever I would see that, uh, my, my name up on the screen, that I, that it was me and not the actual English actor. That's what got me started. Growing up in Brooklyn, uh, in the projects was interesting. Uh, Opposed to what somebody might have um, an image of that was, it was very much community, and it was very much. We Americans, we had Latinos, we had Chinese, white, Jewish, Italians, but we had the whole melting pot. And because of that, I, 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 I attribute that to being open and and loving all different cultures, and not being uh, what Amer- a lot of white Americans are—bigots. Mm-hmm. Well. Maybe not all, more like a third of the country. Uh, so that was great. And I went to school there, obviously. Uh, I went to Catholic school, which I hated with a passion. And I, uh, and then I uh, finally moved to another neighborhood where I was, on, I was on a gang for a while, which we, we weren't really bad guys. We were like a club. But I still always had that dream of being an actor. So after I uh, was 18 years old, I joined the military. I got out of the military, spent two and a half years in Germany, came home. And I started going to acting school. Um, uh, And I really didn't like what they were doing much. It was method acting. I wasn't really a fan of the method acting. But I was doing it anyhow for about a year and a half. And every time they asked me to do an improvisation, I couldn't do it. I couldn't walk and say a word at the same time. It was just really awful. Then one day I was at the the, uh, Lenox, Massachusetts Austin Music Fair. (laughs) and I was um, sitting on the grass with my girlfriend and Peter Boyle, you know, who Peter Boyle was, he just passed away about two years ago. Yes,
0: I know that. I know that. Yeah,
2: American, American actor who, um, who did a lot of work with was on a series called um, uh, uh, was but, that, um, was anyhow, I had just seen him in a movie the day before he sits down with, he's, and he's walking towards us. He sits down next to us and he invited us over to see an improv company audience participation show. Well, oh, I said, uh, oh yeah, I'll go watch it, sure, <laughs> I ain't going to do anything, but I'll go watch it. So I get into, we get into the, uh, into the tent, and Janet Coleman, the director, the first person she calls on to participate in audience particip- participation, improvisation, and I'm saying this kind of quickly because I know we're on, we don't have a lot of time, um, she uh, in, in, picks on me to do something. Well, but however she described it and explained it, I was able to do it. And she called on me about seven times. And, and I was already in acting school, by the way. And every time she called on me, I was able to do what she asked me to do. And after the show, I'm standing outside and Peter Boyle and Alan Alda, Janet Coleman, David uh, uh, Steinberg, all these really well-known people. Come up to me and they said we thought you were really terrific we'd like you to we'd like to invite you to join our improv company <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so it kind of happens like that doesn't it yeah
2: <laughs> it was amazing so from that moment on i became an improvisationalist and that's how i learned how to act
1: uh-huh.
2: improvisation which is the best the best tool for actors in my opinion <clears throat> sandy meisner who's one of the famous. Uh, uh, improv uh, acting teachers is that was his method of teaching. Gene Hackman went with went with him, and uh, he uh, you know he in that, in that particular method of learning how to act teaches you how to listen, to be in the moment, to focus, and all that sort of thing, and be prepared. <laughs> so and then um, I'm in an improv company that was one of the uh, one of the most uh, the brilliant best. Of the five improv companies in, on the planet back in the, the uh, early '70s, called War Babies, uh, and we're in New York, and we get all kinds of great reviews, and people come to see us over and over again. Clark came to see us, um, and they, he brought us all to uh, L.A. to do a series with Frankie Avalon and Annette for the cello. Uh I hadn't made any movies before then. I hadn't really done any TV uh, before that. <laughs> So we all go there. I mean, i just done stage work. So we go to, uh, come to uh, Los Angeles, and uh, the show is a, is a episodic comedy musical thing where Frankie sings and we do comedy. I was, by then, a comedy actor, doing a lot of comedy, hoping to do some drama at some point in my life. Yeah. But at that point, I was doing comedy. They, they gave me the role uh, as the, uh, the uh, on-camera announcer. Uh, the caveat was that I um, would turn into a werewolf when I was announcing the show, and that was the running gag throughout the series. <laughs> and I also I also did uh, other comedy bits during the show. It was a fun show. Yeah. That started me in Los Angeles, and I would get a bunch of smaller parts uh, on the Beretta and uh, uh, shows of that day, you know, um, um, uh, where well, I did Night Court and Amazing Stories and Too Close for Comfort and... And Lou Grant, I did three Lou Grants, I did a lot of smaller roles. And then my first guest starring role was when I did, when I got auditioned for uh, uh, The Incredible Hulk for the part of Teddy. Huh. And um, that was the first time I got a guest starring role. Okay, Those were featured roles, you know, you work a day, two days, you have a bunch of lines, but it wasn't uh, the, the foremost guest starring characters. Okay so um uh and what i what i did was basically i imitated a person that i knew from my childhood who was to ah, talk like that He's always talking like that he's from brooklyn you know and he had to share kind of accent and uh <laughs> i said this is a good person to do so i went there with this white suit that i had that was a real funky suit uh from western costume a plaid shirt and this great tie with the burro a mexican tie and uh <clears throat> And they, uh, I did the audition. I got home and twenty minutes later, and they booked me. And they even wanted me to wear the white suit, the shirt, and the tie. <laughs> I <did>
0: it.
2: <laughs> it was so wonderful like, that that this came about in that way. Bill Gixby, When I got on the set with Bill, uh, I just met him, on, I you know get to the first day of shooting, and uh, we went into a scene. As soon as I started talking, he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing and uh, I said, he said okay, let's go. Come on, let's, let's get serious and we do it again and he laughs some more. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a wonderful meeting and Bill and I became very friendly in terms of our uh, working together as as fellow actors.
0: Now broken image, um, Jed. Um it, it, it had a, it, it was interesting, um, a story, not uh, it was a good story, but uh, also um, from the fact that Bill was playing two different roles in it. Correct. And how did you find that, you know, the switch that he did? Because sometimes you had to work with his Banner character, and other times you had to work with Mike his Mike Cassidy character.
2: Well, yeah, because I was a go-between between the two guys, yes. as, as yeah. you recall. And... Um, uh, when I, it was very easy. Bill, uh, as as Cassidy, <clears throat> was very convincing, uh, and, uh, and and there was no uh, conflict in terms of me thinking it was David Banner uh, when I was working with. And also, I'm an improviser. You know, I and when when you, when you when you're doing improvisation on on such a intense level that I was doing it, uh, you jump from one thing to another all the time, and you make like a total commitment to whatever you're doing so when I was working with Bill and David banner uh, who I didn't know in the show I just met him in that in that building um, I, I was, it was a natural um, relationship based on not knowing each other but when I worked with uh, with uh, uh, Cassidy what's his first name again uh, Mike Mike, yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike, Mikey, of course. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Mikey, yeah. Hey, Mike, get you doing, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, when I looked at him, he's a very strong character. He's really serious and he's really intense. He looks you right in the eye. And, you know, and, and, uh, of course, I, I had this wonderful time doing Teddy. I just loved doing this character. I mean it was almost like a character i was born to do and i i I still say today if i had kept doing that character for every audition i went to i'd probably be like uh uh you know a a well-known person because that's the kind of character that people get to know and love after a long time but i didn't i went on to do different characters for every show but with bill working um with me from as, as two different people he also gave me a lot with each character to be able to have that relationship differ from the other relationship, So it was it was an easy transition and a, a very a very much uh, interesting and fun transition and, and uh, um, experience. Can, can you talk did answer question at all?
0: Oh, yeah, you did, uh, Jade. I just want to ask you something because I'm really fascinated about how t- that, that show in particular operated around that time. Um, back then, um, not so much now, but back then, um, I'm assuming it's the same with the Hulk. I know in, in British television back in the day, they used to have a week or two of rehearsals before they shot an episode. Did you have that kind? Did you do work in the same kind of way on the Hulk?
2: You showed up and did the scenes.
0: Ah, right.
2: You learned your lessons the night before. Your, your your not your lessons, but your lines, your dialogue. Yeah. You learned that. You got to the set and you already had that down. And you worked on. You worked on it at night. Uh, Because when you shot um, uh, an hour episode, I think it was seven days of uh, of all together with shooting. So you get the script, uh, and you get the script in advance. I got it a couple of days in advance. So I went over and I learned it, and I learned it, and I learned it in terms of memorizing it, knowing it, uh, studying it. And uh, you... um, and you get on the set and we do, it for, and they, what they do basically the rehearsal basically is a blocking rehearsal yes it's not an acting rehearsal so they say okay let's uh let's block uh the, the, you know uh, scene one take one and the director who was um, john mcpherson on that show uh who was a wonderful man and i loved what he did and the lighting on that show uh and and i think the photography was for the time was brilliant um he um, he basically did the blocking and uh, didn't give you any any uh, acting or, or any. He said, "I want you." you okay, he didn't say things like, "Okay, so you've never met this guy, so you got you you your, 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 But you come run to him, and uh, you're surprised. He never did anything like that. He, I knew the lines, I knew the scene, right. and, and then I learned the blocking, and we shot it. That's how it works.
0: Yeah. Simple. It was simple. So all the all the sort of the lighting, the lighting would be done, but uh, would all be sort of set up while you did the scene, or uh, uh, before well, the scene. Or, uh, uh,
2: well, the, the lighting is now. Here's the other thing about it. Now, Bill and I are working. Uh, we're running our lines. We're running it uh, while they're setting up the <clears throat> the set because they're building the set right, as you're as you're there sometimes, ah. uh, and they're, and they're, they're creating the lighting uh, or, or constructing the lighting while you're, you're you're there you get there i mean they're there at um at like five in the morning and you get there at six or seven in the morning and then um you know you're, you're going to do blocking and so on but they're never finished with the lighting and when you get there they're still doing that and and uh, the uh, lighting director is um uh, is, is tweaking this and tweaking that and my next year is saying well, how about if we do this talking to the lighting people and the sound people, well, the sound people are basically, that's pretty, you know, standard in terms of how they do that. They just put a mic on you, and then they, they <laughs> record you. But the lighting, they say, they, they, uh, and we have a stand-in. So we have the stand-in, uh, stand in there while they're doing the lighting, to get the light, somebody your size and your complexion, uh, getting the uh, the correct lighting for what they think is appropriate. And then uh, when that's all done, they say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, then we get in our, in, uh, uh, in our places, uh, uh, and um, we say, okay, uh, action, and we do the scene. And then uh, uh, we do the scene, and we'll usually do a master first, uh, and then we'll do a, a body shots, you know, like a, what do you call it, a mid-shot, and then we'll do close-ups from, from both angles. So. Uh, it's it's oh and every tv show or movie i've done basically it's always done that way uh, you do the master, and you do a mid shot half shot um it's in other words it's like it's not a close-up of the face it's just like from the waist up
0: yes yeah yeah mid shots. i think it yeah yeah yeah
2: mid shot yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then you do a close-up uh and it, from each other uh each actor's point of view um and um and that's it and then they. The, the, with with uh with that particular show we did one or two takes unless there was a glitch from somewhere and you know in the sound or uh, something they were hearing a plane go overhead or something like that yeah but basically it was like bang 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 okay let's move on to the next, to the next uh scene uh they were professional it was a, each show i found out at the time was a half a million dollars to produce each episode
0: ah was that a lot of money back then uh, uh jed or was that sort of reasonably reasonably that a, normal that
2: was a lot of money that
0: was a lot of money yeah
2: i had no idea i asked the uh, um um uh, the, the, the children at the time i can't remember his name but i could picture his i could picture him clearly like you're talking kenneth about uh,
0: kenneth johnson
2: no he was one of the producers i'm sorry one of the writers oh i
0: see no, that the uh, the, uh, what's the, the,
2: the, uh the ad, the ad, the, the first ad, second ad. Then there's the uh, the uh, production uh, manager. I can't remember the
1: yeah.
2: uh, title. But uh, this guy, he was like uh, he was in charge of of um, you know making sure everything comes together. <clears throat> okay, I can't remember the title as we speak. Um, and we became friendly, and he was very close with Bill Dixie. They used to, they were friends, very good friends, and they would hang out together. Yeah. Um, and um, I asked him once, I said, oh, what does it cost to shoot a movie? I figured he was going
0: to say maybe $50,000. <laughs> uh, to me, that was a lot of money. He said, it's a half a million dollars per episode. Oh, <laughs> well, wait. That's a lot of, yeah, when you take it, when you put it into perspective, Jed, when you consider how many episodes they did per season, that's an awful lot of money. <laughs> yeah, No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, by the way, the other uh, Karen Carlson was a doll to work with. Of um, uh, the uh, the guy, I can't remember his name. The bad guy, the blonde haired guy that was the leader of the bad guys.
0: Yeah, his, his, his name man. his name escapes me at the moment, but yeah, I remember him. Yeah. His face. Yeah, really,
2: uh, everybody, and a couple of friends of mine just got jobs uh, 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 in the show. And I think they were like a day player. Uh, they were playing cards. See, they were they were the two of the henchmen of the bad guy, and they were uh, uh, playing cards. Remember? Do you remember that scene? I that, do, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I do, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris Wallace and uh, the other guy. But they're two friends of mine that, that showed up on the set when I'm working, <laughs> <laughs> which was really interesting to have a couple of friends of mine seeing me you doing a guest starring role. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: it was uh, a little ego boosting.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, for now, uh, um, Jed, I want to thank you for um, talking about Broken Image. I do appreciate your time for that. And um, My pleasure. And um, we're, um, good luck with everything that you're doing at the moment. Um, and um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And thanks, guys, for listening. Take care.
2: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>